Hello and welcome to another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. Join us this week as we discuss Virgil Kane Ashcat. And we also talk about Maker's Mark, Private Select, Store Pick. This is our second episode recording from the Arnold Sports Festival. And we've got a special guest, Brandon Martell from the Buckhorn Podcast. So please listen in, kick back your feet, and enjoy a pour. All right, so uh, welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I am Dude Pool. I am uh, joined here with Brandon Martell of the Buckhorn Podcast. Say hello. What's up, guys? And uh, we are sitting here at the Arnold Sports Festival. And if you follow any of the local news, or even maybe I don't even know if it's national news or not, um, the Arnold Sports Festival announced it started on Thursday or Friday, and on Tuesday, the week of. They announced that they were basically canceling it except for certain events. And then throughout the week, they kind of uh, wobbled back and forth between canceling it and letting all sports go and then maybe letting spectators, not letting letting spectators. They canceled the vendor part of the expo, which is upwards of 250,000 people of foot traffic throughout the weekend, uh, which was a huge hit to the economy here, I'm sure, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so I'm down here doing a CrossFit webcast for the uh, gym that I own, the uh, CrossFit Endeavor, with Aaron Janetti, and uh, we just thought we'd do some recordings with some people that uh, are frequenting the area. So yesterday uh, we recorded an episode that you probably heard last week with uh, Mo Dingo and Sam Shaw. Uh, this week we've got uh, Brandon Martell, which is half of the uh, Buckhorn podcast, right? Yeah. So we'll have to do an official Buckhorn podcast, like a simulcast or something like that. Like a swap cast. Or yeah, yeah. So whatever. we're going to get into some things about coronavirus in Arnold, since it's topical. Uh, and then uh, while we're doing that, we're going to get into the uh, bourbon that was brought to me. This is uh, Ash Katz, uh from Virgil Kane. I'll let uh, uh, Brandon talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so Virgil Kane Ashcat is it's a five-year weeded bourbon, and it's blended with rye. So it's, it's kind of young, but it is so good. Like, it's kind of sweet. It's got kind of that rye spicy note to it. Well, you said, um, what, is it five years old? Yeah, it's a five-year. So that's not too young. It's not too young. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, nine years or, or 12 years or, or one of those others. Um, but the thing with this one is, is it's not available anymore. And it's only available in, like, the South. So South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee... Um, and I haven't found any in Florida yet, but every time I'm down in Myrtle Beach, I take orders. Like, who wa- who wants Virgil Kane? And they have like their lineup is spectacular. They've got a their high rye is probably one of the best ryes I've had. Um, their limited run, so they have Ashcat. Um, they've got one called Roundhouse and Electric Owl, or all their limited run stuff. Yep. And those have. Robert blown Barron. a lot of stuff that I've had out of the water. It's just, and I'm sure they're sourcing it. I don't, I, I could care less whether, you know, Well, it a should distillery. say on the bottle where it's distilled. It doesn't. Okay. Well, it's, it, I think it has to. Um, it's just, it just says blended by in mm, Charlotte. Okay. Um, 
but it is which maybe because it maybe it's coming from multiple places so it and that may be the case so they may yeah. be getting something from ngp and then something else out of you know yeah usually wherever. they have to put like a dsp on there and then that'll tell you where it's actually coming from but uh maybe maybe they get away with that somehow i don't know yeah i don't know but it is it is this one is like one of the best i've had um out of everything everything i've been drinking but their, their roundhouse is really good. That's another limited run. And then the Electric Owl, which I actually gave some to Mo. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. He's got some of that. It is fantastic. Now, and you that, guys always talk about their ginger infused. Yeah, their ginger infused is amazing. It makes an amazing old-fashioned. Yeah, so, that's what I always hear about you guys. I've never personally made an old-fashioned. It's not like it's tough. But I've just never made one. I figure if I'm going to have something like that, I just go to a bar. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at the same time... Uh, you know, I, I would learn. I would love to learn how to make one. Again, I know it's not tough. It's just a laziness, you know, thing for me. So. Yeah, I, I can fix that for you. <laughs> I'm sure I've, you I've can. got a. I've got one bottle left of ginger. All right, well, I can fix that. That's the that's the one I've been on the hunt for, and I just can't find it anywhere. I've got friends in North Carolina and South Carolina that never find it when they go really? out. Really? Yeah. So I've got. So uh, you know Jeff Jeff Thress. Yeah, Jeff Thress. Yeah. Yeah. So his family lives down there. Talk to him. He can get you a bottle, like All right. pretty quickly. I'll have to reach um, out to him. But usually when I'm down there, I'll buy like four or five bottles, and that, that gets me through the year. Okay. So. Yeah, it should. I mean, especially if you're drinking old fashions. Yeah. Uh, geez. Um, so, that being said, uh, let's kind of take a little nose on this. Tell me what you think. All right. Now, not fair for me. I'm drinking, Not fair for you. Yeah, I'm drinking uh, out of a Yeti cup, which has had some other things in it today, so I'm probably not getting a, uh, an accurate nose here, so I'm going to go and straight I'm, to the bottle. I'm drinking out of a Nestle Pure Life plastic water bottle. <laughs> we are at a trade show, as I we, mentioned. It is a shortage of, of glasses around here. Um, it's very sweet to the, to the yeah, scent I'm on getting, the nose. I'm definitely getting some sweetness. Um, it's a lot harder for me to hit that out of, out of this bottle. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, you should get like you know your some oak, a little bit of oak, some corn, caramel, um, and then you're also gonna get hit with some rye um, in some, in a lot of wheat. So is this finished in a sherry cask? Because it's talking about how um, you know you're gonna get the tannins derived from sherry cask. So I didn't know if maybe that's uh, something that's. Uh, I think so. Let me. But yeah, their description on yes. the website says a limited edition that strikes a balanced uh, blend between the sweetness of a weeded bourbon, the spice of a high rye bourbon, and the tannins derived from sherry casks. Yes, it's finished in a sherry cask. Okay, so I let I read that because if you follow the Buckhorn podcast and and uh, you let uh, Brandon read, then uh, that generally uh, becomes a, a whole ordeal. <laughs> because I don't read well, <laughs> I don't speak well either. But oh, you speak just fine. It's just putting the words with the speaking. That's the right. problem, right? Well, and I also talk a lot of nonsense. Oh, we all do. I Don't mean, worry. that's the entire the entire premise of Buckhorn Podcast is completely unscripted nonsense, <laughs> and I love it. And, I, I listen to your guys's. I, I I listen. I give two or three episodes of a show before I really decide whether or not you know. Same thing with TV, but of, on podcasts, I'll give you know a few listens. Uh, sometimes the first couple, you're still finding your format. Um, I'm still kind of that same way. Like the first few, we didn't even know how to rate our stuff. Yeah. You guys do the donuts, right? We do donuts, yeah. And our, yeah. And our rating system is completely off from what anybody else would do. Like a two is really good. Yeah. A three is fantastic. You should go out and buy it. A four and a five, if, if anything ever gets a like four and a five, basically. you need to go like kind of search for it. Drop everything yeah. you're doing right then. Like travel way out of town to go find it. So the one we're trying to play with right now is, uh, so we are the Bourbon Hunters, so the idea behind our rating system now that we've done for the last few episodes is three-tiered, 
and you've got uh, worst would be you're just it's a pass. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's terrible. It just means you don't think it's worth it. It, it could mean you don't think it's worth the money uh, or the uh, time and effort to find it. Uh, so there's a lot of things that could make it a pass. It could just be bad. Uh, and then you've got shelf, which means if you're already shopping for some liquor, you're in the store, you see it there, it's worth the value of, of just picking it up right there. Okay. Um, and then hunt. So we are the bourbon hunter. So the top tier is hunt. Is it something you would go wait in line for? Do you think it's, you know, the value of finding it and paying for it and the taste all come together where you think you would actually hunt for it? Okay. So those are mine. That makes so sense. So to me, in my opinion, it sounds to me like this is a hunt for you because you guys search, you know, you're going out of state for this one. Yeah, this one, this one was definitely a hunt. When I found it on the shelf, I picked up, I think, two bottles last year and then got lucky enough with Jeff that I mentioned earlier that he was able to find another bottle for me. Um, and so I grabbed that as well. The Electric Owl that I mentioned, I was on the hunt for that for two and a half years before I found it. Oh, wow. Like. Because it's gone, like it's limited. So that run. one's out too. It's out. Once it's done, it's they're they're not making it again, obviously. And it was it took me two and a half years to find one. And a buddy of mine, who lives in uh, Simpsonville, actually found it for me. Well, the website doesn't show that one is gone as much as it does the uh, Ashcat. The Ashcat, yeah. It means it it says it's limited run for sure, like you just said, but it doesn't have the it's gone ap- across it. So maybe you can still find that. Somewhere. There may be a couple still out in the wild somewhere, but they're they are few and far between. I know. Okay. Um, and that one's a sour mash, which yeah. is uh, cool. All right. Yeah, and and then the Roundhouse, uh, I think, is is listed on there. That's another limited run. That's a double barrel. Oh. That is out of this world. Interesting. All right. So let's. Uh, I just took a drink of this, and I think it's outstanding. It's very balanced, which I yep. think is when you're doing a blended whiskey or a blended bourbon, a lot of times that's the goal is to make it very balanced. Um, but but it, it even describes it on here as, you know, between a sweetness of a weeded bourbon with the spice of a high rye. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the sweetness on the front of the tongue, and then it's finishing with a nice spice of the, yeah. of the high rye. Um, what did you say that this is? This is a 91 proof? Yeah, I think it's 91, 91, yeah. 91 proof. Um they they hit the mark with this one. I think. Yeah, this is good. I mean, they you hit it up front, you get that nice sweet, caramely toffee. Sure. And then right on the back, you get that that peppery uh, on the finish. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to be as descriptive with my palate today because I've had a ton of just absolute shit today. I've had Gatorade. I've had Celsius energy drink. I've had coffee. I've had uh, clean eats for food. I've had water, and I've had other bourbon. So my palate's probably a little fried right now, but. I can definitely get the sweetness, not necessarily specific notes, and then I can get the, the spicy finish, and I can tell it's balanced. It tastes really good. I'd like to try it in a Glencairn where I can actually get a good nose on it yeah. and kind of let that you know help the sensory you know aspect of this, well, but I'm really enjoying this. This is good. Thank you for bringing it. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I like it a lot. Um, so as we finish through this one, let's talk coronavirus, man. All right, yeah. Jeez. So that's, uh, that's been big news here in Columbus. Um, it, like you said, shut down the Arnold for the most part. I mean... It's still up and running, spectators only in quotes. It shut down my son's choir trip to Hawaii as well, which is supposed oh, to go really? over spring break. Yeah, so they're uh, postponing it to June 11th. It was supposed to be over spring break starting March 20th. Uh, so my wife and I got uh, an adult trip to Destin set up while he was in Hawaii. Okay. And now he's going to be home, so I have to have my parents come up and watch him while we, because he made the volleyball team, so he has to stay here. If he's not doing that trip that was school-related, he had to stay here and... Uh, practice volleyball during that week so my parents are coming up we had already put down the money on the trip and so we're kind of locked into that and we're past because it was an airbnb airbnb we're past the cancellation and we have other friends that made you know the plans too so yeah 
Yeah, I know my in-laws were planning a trip to Japan at the end of the month. Oh. And taking my niece with them, and they had to, they canceled that completely. Well, they rescheduled that. Unless they want to get quarantined, I mean, right. don't really have much of a choice. I mean, really. Yeah, they canceled that till and rescheduled. Uh, I think end of August, beginning of September. He keeps missing my uh, bird <laughs> that I'm flipping. So, uh, awesome. Yeah, this this is really good. I, I I keep going back to it. I'm sorry, but I no. want to go back to the coronavirus too. So, um, I was reading an article. I'm not going to say who because that might give you some of my political affiliations, but. Uh, uh, I was reading an article and they were talking about how this, just kind of how overblown this coronavirus thing is and how it's it's listing right now as like a 3% mortality rate. Right. It's, um, they're saying, even the World Health Organization is saying that it's harder to transmit than the flu. Um, there are different things that they blew out of uh, proportion, they think. Like they're using the Princess Cruise Line as a, um, as kind of like a... They're using it as a scapegoat for their ability to just promote... Well, but not only hysteria that. Hysteria in the media. Yeah, but then the scientists are using it as a as a great sample. No, of, it's of not a people. great sample. Well, because you had a high range of uh, young people, old people, and everything else. And what they're finding out from that is, I think they had two deaths from that. Yeah. And no one under 70 died. There were infants and, and uh, kids that actually tested positive that did fine. Um, and so they're thinking that the actual mortality rate is less than 1%. That makes Based more on sense. that sample size. And the other reason they're thinking that is the only thing we're hearing about are tested and confirmed cases of the coronavirus. What you're not getting are the mild cases, which there have been some. So those mild cases generally don't go to the hospital. They don't generally get reported and they don't get tested for. So they just recover at home. Didn't even know they had the coronavirus. So that doesn't even come into the mortality rates. The mortality rates are specifically corpses that are being produced based off of confirmed cases. Right. It doesn't count the non-confirmed, you know, already recovered, whatever. And some of the stuff I've seen, it's been, like you said, you know, anybody who is healthy age, Mm -hmm. um, in shape, not even in shape, just healthy age, I guess, for the most part. Yeah. Without some sort of immune... Right. With uh, an autoimmune deficiency or, or something going on. They survive. They're fine. Yeah. And one guy was actually on the news the other day uh, on national news, and he's like, I had the coronavirus. And he was probably 66, 67. Yeah. He's like, I had it. He goes, it's not as bad as the flu. He goes, was I concerned after I found out? Absolutely. Sure. But I got through it. I'm here. He goes, and the symptoms are, he's like, I had a runny nose and a slight cough. Yeah. Like he didn't have a fever. He didn't get like so. I would. I don't know if that's considered a, a mild case or if I have that's no idea. because I, mean, I haven't really seen anything posted right. on what the the symptoms are, other than their flu like symptoms. Sure. Well, that's different for everybody. Well, I'll tell you, I it, I I hate to use the word politicizing, but I feel like you know it's being politicized and it's being used to fear monger and cause you know disruption in the markets and cause disruption in you know the the job and the economy you know scene it's and working yeah i mean it's, unfortunately it's, it's working because, because then I mean, they're going to come back and they're going to look at i don't care how you lean politically i just feel like that's a dirty trick i mean it that's it, and you know whether you're a republican whether you're a republican that does or doesn't support trump whether you're a democrat or a democrat that hates donald trump's guts or doesn't hate his guts, whatever, you're just a Democrat. Um, you know, I, I, I sense that there's a group of people out there, no matter how you feel about Trump, that hate Trump so much that they'd rather see the country suffer so that they can get him out, which in my opinion is just sick. Yeah. Versus just weathering through the four years and maybe voting him out of office this year or weathering through the eight years and voting him out, of, you know, not voting him out because he'd be done. But like, 
let's be honest. I mean, of all politicians, has he hurt you? Physically, no. Mentally, no. Financially, I no. Mean, me- mentally, if he's hurt you mentally, then you you need to check yourself. If things he's saying are mentally hurting you, then you need to get you need to nut up, if there, it, as they, they say. There have been some hilarious videos of people who are just mentally. Well, what I couldn't believe hurt. is back in 2016 when he declared himself, you know, running for the president. And I remember a story out of Columbia University. Someone put on steps leading up up a hill. It was it said you know Trump 2016. Right. And people were having to go get counseling because of that. People are still going to counseling because they need their safe space at college. And those are things that I completely, I can't get behind that. Yeah, it's just nuts, man. My wife's a teacher and they have safe spaces where, at school, where if a kid's acting up, you know, they know they're about to get in trouble, they'll ask to go to their safe space. Yeah. And my wife's like, no, sorry. I can't can't just deal with it. I can't get behind that. Like, I can't. It's crazy, man. How do these kids, how do they plan to get through life if they can't handle something as, you know, minimal impact to their life as seeing something on a set of stairs. They're not going to be able to get through life. Like, seriously. It's, I mean, it's and it's a completely different world than what you and I grew up in. I mean... It's nuts, man. It's... Everybody's oversensitive. Everybody's, so, you know... Yeah. You know, oversensitive. I, that's a good word. And I think it's just lack of being able to handle, you know, anything that doesn't go their way. When I, when I was... I used to coach uh, youth sports um, before I started coaching CrossFit and all that. And I would, I would coach football and after my first practice one year, and it always falls back on the name Johnny, but we'll just say the kid's name's Johnny. His parents walk up and say, hey, you know, uh, just wanted to let you know that we don't use the word no for Johnny at home. And I just looked him straight in the eye and I said, well, he's going to hear it a lot this season because I use it every practice and just turned around and walked away. And one of my coaches came over and says, that was harsh. I said, was it? No, that's not harsh at all. I said, Is, was what I just told them harsh? Because first day of practice, if you don't want to hear that, and that's not okay for you, have your kid switch teams. Have your kid not play. But you're going to put your kid in a competitive sport and tell the coach that your son doesn't hear the word no? Well, what do they use instead? Well, I and, mean, and what are you preparing them for? If, right. you, if you don't let them hear the word no, how are they going to prepare for life and when they hear that at 12 for the first time from a girl that they ask out or they hear it from a teacher that asks, you know, if they ask if they can go do something or hand something in late and the teacher says no, how are they going to handle that? Because they've never heard it before. How are they going to handle it? It's going to come right to what we're dealing with today. And them shooting up a school. Yeah. Because shooting they don't know how to deal with their emotions. They don't know how to deal with, you know, negativity or, and I'm not an advocate for bullying or anything like that. But at the same time, those types of things are what help people get used to real life yeah i'm not an advocate for bullying but i do think there is a minor bit or a little bit of bullying that is healthy that helps you get thicker skin get and be able to mentally. to deal with things yeah emotionally and, and mentally i like, agree i kind of bully my girls i mean it's right. I, I pick them on I, I pick on them constantly i tell my son no all the time yeah and i you know i'll even give him little digs every once in a while that are potentially like you know emotionally he knows that i love him and all that stuff and he knows that i'm proud of him and all these things but i'll give him little digs and when i was coaching him i was harder on him than i was on any of the other kids on the team of course and just for a couple reasons so parents parents you know would see that and not think that i'm playing favorites or anything like that so at least that was my hope yeah and but then i was also trying to prepare him for you know when i wasn't his coach and he did get a hard coach or a hard teacher in school so that was my thinking, and I'm not saying it's right. There's, you know, I will say my wife is a teacher. I already said that, but, but one of the things that she learned in college is 
individualized instruction or, or everyone learns a little bit differently. Right. And I'm completely fine with that. Well, there's no one way to parent either. There isn't. There's not one way to parent. There's not one way to teach. There's not one way to coach. There's multiple ways that work. And as long as you have a grasp on that and you're, you're confident in the way that you do that, it can work. But at the same time, your way may not work with a certain kid or a certain pupil or a cert, certain athlete. So you have to be able to adjust a little bit. But catering completely to you know, a movement of, oh, you know, I don't want my kid to feel bad. Like, that's just, they need to feel bad once yeah, in a while. Yeah, they, they need to. And I mean, I parent my girls differently, completely different. They are not the, they're not the yeah, same person. Exactly. They have different attitudes. They have different, I mean, everything about them is different. Like, my 7-year-old is stronger than my 11-year-old. Yeah. I mean, my 7-year-old can almost deadlift three times her body weight, while <laughs> my 11-year-old is still working with a trainer bar and some 2.5 uh, kilo uh, plates. Well, and that's like so, you know, my new puppy that I just got. It's beating up on my you know six-year-old puppy. Yeah, I mean, part of it I, I say puppy, but um, part of it is because you know the the six-year-old's trying to be nice to the little one. But I I think in about two months that my puppy is going to be the alpha in the house, and that may um, happen. It, it just the 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 tides will turn. I mean, the puppy's the puppy, and you know once it, once the older dog kind of gives in and becomes yeah. the senior, they've set it they set it up. Yeah. So you've got a bottle of Maker's Mark here yeah. as well. Do we want to do we want to dig into that? Or? I think we do. Yeah. So um, basically, the uh, Maker's Mark is, and I had it up here a second ago, and it got uh, pushed away by other messages that came in. So this is uh, a store pick, and it's a single barrel. It's Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark Private Select. Uh, it's their Oak Staves selection. If you know anything about Private Select, it's basically where they get to choose uh, their own 10 wood finishing staves that get put into the cask, and it gets uh, aged for another nine weeks after they uh, pull it out of the original barrel. And, and they may not even pull it out of the original barrel, they, but they at least insert the staves in there. I'm not 100% sure of that part. Okay. This one was finished with uh, four baked American Pure 2 staves, and that is... Uh, something that's supposed to add brown sugar, vanilla, caramel, and spice. Um, they did five of the seared French uh, cuvee staves, which is supposed to give toasty notes of oak and caramel. And do you say caramel or caramel? I switch it. It's yeah, like Porsche and Porsche. Depends yeah. on where I'm at. Exactly. Who I'm, I'm talking to. So, and then they have one stave of uh, toasted French spice that has a flavor profile of smoke, uh, cumarin. Is that how you say it? Cumarin and, and spice. I was going to let uh, Mo have a sip of this since he bought it for me. And uh, so Mo's over there editing right now. He was doing some interviews of some of the athletes throughout the event there. So he's, he's completely engrossed in uh, editing audio and video together. But we'll pull him over here and get him in, get him in a uh, sip of this. Is this a cork or it's a screw a cork. top? Oh. Well, other makers are a screw top, so I wasn't sure. The, uh, so when you guys are doing your tastings, um, we usually go through basically like the three phases of what a neat whiskey can be. Um, so we'll do it. We'll do neat, and then we may switch it up, and we'll have a little bit of water. Yeah. And then we also will do over on rocks. Sure. Um, and we'll do. We'll try to. We always try to do all three. In oh, I'm making a mess. We try to do all three when we do a show. Um, is that something that you guys do as well? Well, or are you just doing everything straight neat? 
I, I do everything straight and neat. Sometimes we'll do a barrel proof or a cask strength, and we'll, and we'll cut it down to see if it opens up a little bit more. Okay. But as, as it is out of the bottle, unless it's cask strength, I generally drink it neat. Okay. So just I've, I've mentioned this, and I've been interrupted a few times, so I don't know if I've ever said a full uh, explanation of this. But when I first started drinking bourbon, I used to drink it with ginger ale. And uh, I just couldn't handle drinking it neat. And so what I would do is uh, drink it with ginger ale on ice and make just a cocktail out of it, basically. Okay. Yeah. And um, so uh, we got the thumbs up from uh, Mo over there. Um, But my evolution toward neat didn't happen until I went to this boxcar bourbon thing that they were having in Columbus, Ohio over the summer. Right. I missed out on that. Yeah. I went to it and... um, they served everything neat, and I was like choking it down. And then I would add water to it so that I could handle it. I was it was rough for me, and I was like, from that point forward, I'm like, listen, I'm a man, you know, I need to learn how to drink a freaking bourbon neat. So I just I made it an effort to just start drinking bourbon neat, and then starting to uh, see if I can get more in touch or in tune with my palate. Okay. And I feel like I've gotten better, but I still. Like, my wife can just pick up a bourbon. She's a vodka drinker. She doesn't even drink bourbon. But she can pick up a bourbon and say, oh, oh yeah, uh, vanilla, caramel, yeah, uh, cinnamon. Yeah, I get all that. And I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> I can't do that. I, everything I have is, is toffle, toffee I, and caramel. I know if and, I like it. That's, that's it, basically it for right. me. But I'll I'm, pick up caramel and toffee I, and stuff up, like that. Yeah, I'll, Maybe some cinnamon here and there. I think I... But I, I, I called out something the other day on something we had. and I don't, It was just completely off the wall on what... It, I think it was... Uh, my, uh, the uh, shit, Lickamade. The old Lickamade, like you stick, yeah, stick yeah, yeah. it and, and eat off of that. I'm like, oh, this is weird. I've never had that before. So I'll pick up some things here and there, but I have noticed, like, when you add water, not ha- like just, just like a couple, a couple drops, drops, yeah, really changes the profile of I, anything I'm aware you're that it happens. I just haven't done it. I, I do it, but I don't do it on the show so much. Okay. Um, and I get it. Yeah. And supposedly there's something chemically that happens with the water molecule and how it binds to the to the uh, bourbon or how it opens it up somehow or changes it or whatever. I, right. Someone, I listened to a podcast that explained it at one point and, and it made sense because they were talking over my head. So it had to make sense. Um, but I listened to uh, the, the uh, Dad's Drinking Bourbon, which yeah. is a really cool podcast. One of the guys on that, uh, Zeke, he just basically... Oh, that tastes like candy corn, or all oh, that tastes like licorice, or uh, Twizzlers, or whatever. And yeah. I'm just like, holy shit! Like, you know, he doesn't just say all oh, the cinnamon with the oak and the, you know, he he actually tells it something that you would recognize as a flavor. And I've tried that. Like, I've sat, I've listened to their show, and I I went out and I, I actually had what they whatever it was they were they were drinking that yeah. day. I actually had a bottle of it sitting downstairs, so I went and grabbed some. I didn't taste anything he called out. It was crazy. Like he's called out. I, I know he's called out like. Twizzlers, he's called out um, candy corn. Um, he'll like baking spices and floral notes, and I'm like, I, I I can't get any of that. I don't. I get yeah caramel. I'm right I get there some with toffee, you. some vanilla, and, and that's so it. So their host, his name is John something or other, and I swear to God, he sounds just like T.J. Miller. Yeah, the guy from, uh, from uh, Christmas. Well, Deadpool and uh, Christmas. Uh, what is it? Uh, Christmas, the one with Jennifer Aniston and. Uh, the guy from Ozark. Um, and Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. I don't know. What uh, Christmas office party. Oh, okay. Christmas office party. Um, so he's like the brother of Jennifer Aniston, and they actually get into a wrestling match, and Jennifer Aniston pulls out Krav Maga and all this. It's hilarious. Anyway, but I swear to God, he sounds just like T.J. Miller from uh, Christmas office party or Deadpool or whatever you want to call him from. But 
every time I sit and listen to the podcast, I sit there and think of his face. I've got it put up on a web page right now, and that it's is just so funny. Horrifying. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> listen to it next time. Next time you listen to their web their podcast. Think about his voice and think, oh, my God, it does. I'm just picturing what you've got up with the mutton chops and the, <laughs> yeah, and the mustache. Is, it's the absolute worst picture I probably like, could have pulled up. curly hair. And that is, <laughs> that is like 1980s like style porn, Ron Jeremy yeah, porn. Exactly. Horrifying. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, all right. So, you get anything on the nose on this? All right. Um, I have to go through the bottle. Yeah, I'm going to have to do the same because I'm getting nothing. So, on this one, I'm getting... I mean, I always get coffee, you know, caramel and toffee, and I'm picking up a little bit of vanilla on that, um, and maybe, maybe a little bit of, of caramel. Um, I'm definitely getting caramel and, and a touch of vanilla. And a, yeah, but I'm not I'm not getting any. I think I'm picking up some spice though to it too. It's and it might just be the alcohol coming straight up the nose or the neck of the the bottle. But I feel like I'm getting maybe some of that spice. I know that they. Uh, Makers is a weeded bourbon. They are. Um, so which they, I they didn't realize too that. Much speed, uh, like I'm, spice, but I haven't really been a huge Makers fan, but I like it's weeded bourbon. It's grown on me. Have you tried their regular 46, which is basically the same origin as these right here? The 46 and the and the Private Select are very similar. Okay. 46 is their version of the Private Select. I have not. So I've only so had basically their the 46. It's their finished, if you want to call it, their finished. Weeded bourbon. Okay, I've only had whatever their basic run of the mill. Pick it up whenever you're makers, at the just store regular yet. makers. Just so their cask makers. strength is really good. Their forty six is really good because it's more of a finish, more like an Angel's Envy or something like that. And then their private select is always a uh, like a store pick or a you know a group's barrel pick or whatever, okay. um, where they've selected their own uh, configuration of staves. Yeah, they give it certain things, and you can match. Um, you know, I think you get ten staves, and you can match three of one, five of one, you know, two of another, and get whatever you want out of it. And so, like, this one, for example, was four, five, one, I believe, and it was, you know, four of the baked American, five of the seared French uh, cuvee, and then one of the toasted French spice staves. Okay. So so they use their ten that way. Now, you can come up with a crazy number of configurations because of the different ones that you can choose from, and um, that this is their expression, if you will. So it, the cool thing about the private select is it gives you the opportunity uh, to determine and, and have your own expression, like literally have your own expression. You're not just going to a place and picking out your own barrel. You're going there, and, you know, which might be unique too. Right. But you're going there and ha- helping design your own barrel. And then you come back nine weeks later, however many weeks it, it is. I think it's nine weeks that they set it there in the cellar at the edge of the limestone lake that they have. Have you ever been to? I haven't. That's we were actually talking about making a trip down to the Bourbon Trail over my birthday. When's your birthday? In June. June. So in May, May twenty first. It's a Thursday. I'm going to me and Mo. We're going to go down and do a barrel pick at Old Forester. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're going to try to uh, podcast that up a little bit, take pictures, a whole bunch of stuff, put it on the the blog and everything. Nice. Um, yeah, they let me. I'm part of a barrel club called uh, the Bourbon Enthusiast. Yeah. And um, I got selected by them with. Uh, to bring a guest uh, to go down on that pick. They were just at Four Roses recently. They were just at uh, Wild Turkey recently, and they do barrel picks all the time. Nice. So uh, it's it's a pretty cool bourbon club, uh, barrel club or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I listen to like uh, bourbon bourbon pursuit. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I know I know about it. I just I just haven't signed up for it. Maybe I should. All right. So that was my taste. I just 
took a little bit of that. I'm still watching. There are still some freak shows walking through here in this. Uh, oh, wow. That is fantastic. Yeah, that's got a nice uh, little spicy finish, which you wouldn't expect from a, a maker's normally. No, or a weeded bourbon at all. Um, are they completely made up in makeup over there? Uh, yes. Body there, painted? There was, there was a body painting seminar going on well, up, in up in the main hall. Well, is she completely naked with body paint, or does she have no, tights on? she has tights down? on. From, okay. And she has a, a tights on on the top, and then she's got tights on. Oh, yeah, she's got or a she's got a sports on. bra on. Yeah, or something. Or something. Um, have you ever been to Mardi Gras? I have not. That just sounds like anxiety to me. Well, there's a lot of people, well, the, the closeness for sure, but there's a lot of people walking around completely naked with body paint on, and it looks like they're wearing a swimsuit or a dress or something like that. It's crazy. I'm all for that. Yeah. I mean, well, some of them you don't want to see, well, but... But it's still but pretty cool. It's still cool. Yeah, the so I like this idea of, of you being able to get out and grab it, you know, pick a barrel and then add the staves. Buffalo Trace did something similar with Weller where they had the CY CYBP, yeah. the create your own create bourbon. Your own um, bourbon profile or something like but that. In that, I don't know that you actually got to create your own bourbon profile. I think that was more of just an online gimmick. Like, didn't they do like a vote or something? And then they, I don't know. Potentially. For sure, I don't know exactly how that all worked. But like, because we had. I mean, for those not in Ohio, we're, we're a, uh, uh, shit, what is it, a, a state that's, we're monitored by the, the state, so we can't do, we can't get anything here without the state housing it and then distributing right, it. Right, distributing it out um, to different... Um, and they had a CYBP, or BP, whatever, BP. Lottery, lottery, lottery for it. CYBP, I think. Yeah, they had Great a lottery for it. Profile, okay. Yeah, they had a lottery for those bottles, and those bottles went for... They were fifty six bucks if you yeah. if you won the ticket, but then immediately guys were walking right outside and selling them for six hundred dollars. That pisses me off, and I I don't like that. Like I can't stand this. I like Drink this it. idea. Drink it. Yeah, I I have a I have a bottle policy. My policy is if I get a bottle, I open it. Yeah, me too. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be like pappy. It can be whatever. I will open that bottle. It could be if I got lucky enough to win, you know, one of these fifty thousand dollar bottles of pappy. Well, you saw Birdie May has got the. Yeah, I think he got a pappy, a twelve year or something like that. Yeah, I, I, he got a was it pappy or, or someone? Yeah, he got pappy and then he got something else also. Yeah, there was he, another bottle like a uh, no, stag or, there. or something. Um, I well, like this. I like I like I, the, do too, I yeah. like on the right up front you get kind of that sweetness. It's almost like the kind of I don't want to compare it to the Virgil Cane, but it's almost similar. like the similar to the Virgil Cane where In you the get stages, the sweetness. it goes through on your tongue. Yeah, yeah. And then you, then you get that spice, that yeah. spicy finish with that sweet up front. I'm definitely getting vanilla immediately on my tongue. Oh yeah, and some sweetness that I can't necessarily pinpoint yet. And then, it, like you said, yeah, it, the 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 stages of uh, flavor through the tongue and down the throat are very similar to the ash cap. It, it, you get like four four stages, right? Which, which is funny. I think I, I don't know. Let's be honest. I, I really have no idea. But but what's really interesting is this is a high rye. The Ashcat's a high rye bourbon. Yeah, it's a weeded high and, rye, and this is just a straight weeded. And that's a, but it's finished with some you know yeah. uh, staves that might give it some spice. So it's interesting how you know you can get different flavor profiles from different mash bills and then still have a similar experience. Well, so. it's even like uh, Blanton's. Blanton's has the Blanton's in Ancient Age. Yeah, are the same. They're the same mash bill. Oh shit! I didn't bring. I should have brought the Ancient Age. Ancient Ancient Age down here today. Yeah, they're they're the same mash bill. We'll just have to do this again. And well, I've got some Blanton's. I've got some Ancient Ancient Age. I want to do a blind taste with those. Yeah, and that's what you, I mentioned that to Randy, and he was like, "We should have done that. Why didn't we think of that?" Let's I'm do like, it together. I'm like, Let's do it together. We'll do. I said we can still do it. I said just because dude's doing it doesn't mean that we 
can't do it. I don't and give know our that own. we have a, an overlap. Maybe but, only some friends like Mo right. will listen to both. Yeah, well, no, I know no one's listening to my show. So, <laughs> hey, I see the numbers. <laughs> how many are how many are watching yours? Just so you know, or just uh, so we talk. So we've got on the average when we launch, we'll get like. 15 to 20 downloads the day of. Yeah. And then as the week progresses, we may end up with 39 to 45 downloads for the week. Um, Our... Now, Most I, I have the benefit of, of doing a bourbon podcast, and everyone's trying to find as much bourbon right. information as they can. My, my show, Buckhorn Podcast, is... It's a not... It, the show is nonsense. It is complete nonsense. Oh, it is. But, we re- but it's awesome. We review bourbon and beer right up front. I'm getting there. Yeah, you're getting there. You're, I'm only on episode <laughs> 10, and that's my highest rated so far. It's with 61. Uh, yeah. Not so, huge by any means. But well, talk about your... You're, you're, you're blowing me out of the water, no, so, which is it. fine, because we're not... But you we, know what? We weren't doing it to do it for You're just having fun else. talking we're just and hanging out. That's why fun. I love it. That's why I love listening to right. it, because it's, you're not peddling anything. You're, nope. not, you're not trying to sell or, or whatever, convince it. You're just having fun. We're just having fun with you it. You have an it episode is. where you just have your daughter come on and talk to you for an hour. Yeah. Like, we have my seven-year-old on, and she sings, and she just talks right. to us, and we just Then you have an episode where you're reading stories. We do... We'll do, like, Florida Man topics. Yeah, for whatever those reason, are funny. we those will are just good. read the headline of whatever Florida man. We don't even dig into the article of what it is because we don't care. It's just the headline is like Florida man gets head trapped in alligator while trying to save cat. And then you have to figure out if they mean. <laughs> so you have to figure out how they uh, mean that. Because yeah. like you read the uh, you read the headline, it might two people might take it two different ways. Two different ways. So we'll we'll do Florida man stuff. Um, we haven't done it in a while, but we we'll do Urban Dictionary game. Yeah, that's where I too. will find things to read to Randy because Randy is. He's pretty straight and narrow for the most part. He, he doesn't is. cuss. Uh, he doesn't cuss on the show. Um, Got he's a little a, religion to him. He's, and, yeah, everything you know. relates back with him with like how he can you know go religion with it. Um, so I loved the episode where you guys did the uh, the zombie skittles. Oh god, that was that disgusting. Was hilarious. That was the worst. But it was fun to listen to. Like we both gagged. I damn near threw up. Well, he was like mid sentence and he'd get like a chunk of it out of his tooth and then he'd, and he'd just start over again with yeah. the gagging. And that so those zombie skills for anybody who hasn't had them, go find yourself a pack. Just throw a handful in your mouth or uh. one or one at a time. Doesn't matter. Chew it up. And about five minutes later, after you, like after you hit one of the zombie ones, you'll and you'll know it. About five minutes later, after chewing that, it comes back. Like oh, you'll find God. it like stuck in a tooth. It'll you know it'll hide under a crown, get stuck in a gap somewhere. Oh, that's disgusting. And you'll you'll get it, and you'll you want to vomit. Oh. It's disgusting. Just talking about it. I mean, I don't do well with gross tastes like that anyway. But uh, well, and that's the thing. That's he, funny. He wants to do occasionally. We'll do like a buckhorn's bites, and we did like Oreos and salsa. Yeah, which was. Ugh. Where you just mix two things that shouldn't be mixed together? Yeah, I, it made me ill. Like I was ill That's the rest funny. of the day after eating that. That's and we gross. did um, powdered donuts and cheese and canned cheese on that same episode. <laughs> it was awful. Like oh, I, I, I felt I got to have to find that one. I haven't I haven't listened to that one yet. Um, That's funny. But yeah, I mean we we do whiskey reviews and beer reviews on every show. Yeah. Uh, either one or the other. Well, there was a there was a dry month in there. I think where you didn't do any reviews right yeah there was you did some january instead, right you did like some wings or something like that yeah we had so a, a friend of ours um has a food truck what's his name his name is Derek johnson and he has a smoke out barbecue smoke out barbecue yeah he is and he's all over columbus like you can check him out uh does he have an instagram or anything he has instagram facebook um and you can you if you just search for smoke out barbecue and catering his name his uh his company will come up his truck will come up and then he has a list of like where he's going to be for the week 
absolutely fantastic. Like he he posted on his personal timeline that he had um, a pan of what's called the hot mess, which is either brisket or pulled pork, mac and cheese, and baked beans. <laughs> and he's like, I got this pan left I over. Love that kind of food, man. That's like my favorite. Oh, it was amazing. For twenty five bucks, I picked up an entire pan, got twelve servings out of it. Ate for three days. So damn good. So good. So I'm gonna call out. So. Uh, Dave Kalina, I don't know if you know him from uh, Formula O2. Oh, yeah. yeah or, no, Dave and I go way back. Okay. So uh, him and I go back and forth here and there. And uh, so I called him out today to, to Michael Baltic. Uh, he was asking why Fit Aid was a sponsor to the Arnold here and not O2. And I'm like, we asked you and you never responded back. So he comes back and says, no, 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 no. He goes, uh, show me the message that we, they sent where I ghosted them. And uh, he said, and if it didn't happen, then we'll send them a, like a ton of O2 and sponsor them next year. If it did happen, if it didn't happen, and he actually did, re- you know, we never sp- re- you know send an email request or anything. Then yeah. I have to have a team next year that's called Mohawk, spelled M O two H A W K, and we all have to have <laughs> Mohawks that are dyed blue. So I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, back in the day when I did uh, the uni- or the Arnold and the Unicorn and stuff, I used to get Mohawks. Yeah. So That's the, been a uh, long he knows time it's ago. been a while, yeah. So he knows that, and he's like, you got to bring the Mohawk back. you got to dye it blue, and everyone on your team has to do the Mohawk. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not. I don't know if anybody's going to grasp that onto that uh, concept of wanting to shave their heads. Yeah, there's my... Nice. So I'm, I'm currently showing Brandon a, a yes. picture of my mohawk, which was freestyled from a local uh, barber, and uh, it was nuts, man. That's nice. I That's got so, so pretty. many reactions from that. I re- you know what? I was I remember the Strongest Unicorn and, there, and being there for that one. Yeah. That, that was before you and I knew each other. That was when I had just met Aaron. So, and that's been... You're probably like, who the hell is that dumbass yeah, over there? Like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> Why is he... But Aaron had a mohawk also. I mean, Aaron, he yeah, had his typical... He has a, a faux hawk, if yeah. you will. That's it. I just dropped the... Uh, I'm going to pour a little more in. If you want some, I hope so. Yeah, I might take a little more. I do. I got a small amount because I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, so... No, this is, this is good. I'm just going to... There we go. And I guess now that I like Half it, I can ounce. pay Mo for the delivery. <laughs> He's not even paying attention. I was, I was holding the payment out... Uh, I said, I guess now that I like it, I can pay you. <laughs> he just called me an asshat. We have come to a nice point in the episode to take a quick break and mention our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Unicorn Nation Apparel. Magical apparel for magical people. Check them out at www.unicornnationapparel.com. They make a lot of custom shirts for small groups, parties, teams, or whoever needs shirts. They can do screen printing and vinyl pressing for athletic wear or outerwear. Check them out today. So uh, 
All right. So anything else going on? What do you what 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 are the plans for the Buckhorn podcast in the next six to twelve months? Oh shit. Uh we're just trying to figure out what we're doing tomorrow when we record. <laughs> um So you guys just what do you do? Once a week? Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Randy. <laughs> no. Too much. No sin. No sin. Uh the we don't plan anything. So like he literally shows up. We record out of a, a, an extra room in my house. Yeah. He shows up, and that's when we figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Like, so you don't plan ahead? You don't talk ahead of time during the week or anything? I don't talk to Randy until Sunday. He sends me like when do you news record? articles. What day do you record? We typically record on a Sunday. So you don't talk to him until that day? I don't talk okay. to him until he shows up. So we're not hanging out like during the week. We don't... like Occasionally, it's like... Hey, this might make a great article, but he'll send me stuff throughout the week through Facebook. It just constantly berate Tag me with, with yeah. news articles. And then in, I'll look at the title, and if I like it, I send it off to myself. Yeah. If I don't, I just kind of bypass it. And then on come Sunday when we go to record, we may look at those news articles. We may not. We may just say, let's just see where this show goes. And that's where, like, some of the ones that we've recorded lately, it's just like, I don't feel like talking about news. Let's just, let's just see where it goes. But do you, so do you get together pretty much every Sunday, or are there some Sundays where you record two because you're not, you're not well, going to be together? We or? always try to keep at least two shows uh-huh. in backlog. See, I'm at zero backlog right now. We'll have two after. Actually, after this is done, we'll have two. But on Tuesday, I'll, I'll only have one. Yeah. We, we always, I always try to have two shows at least. So if, if we miss a week, I have something to put up. And you can... And, and, make up for it and we can make up for it at some point. So the last couple, we're trying to do a somewhat shorter format, which my one stockholder, Mo, uh, wanted to have a stockholder meeting about the shorter episodes. <laughs> he wasn't a fan. Um, but we're still going to continue with I feel like with you guys, if you minutes. shorten it, it's going to feel forced. It, That's my opinion. It's, I, think it, I think you're right. Like I, I'm, you I'm not going to disagree with you on that. You such a good... Uh, we just got hit by no, a spike ball. Uh, you guys have such a good just rambling, and it doesn't feel like you're listening for an hour once you're done. Right. And so, Randy does most of the talking because you can't get a word in edgewise. Right. I hear you. Um, which, he, he's pretty opinionated. He's, so he's pretty, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got stories, and I think I yelled at him on our latest show. I think I've met Randy one time. He's a nice guy. No, I like I, I, he sounds he's, like it. I mean, I feel like I know him from the show, but I think I've actually only met him physically one time. I don't know when he, if he did any anything over at Endeavor when he was doing his Croft training with Aaron, because Aaron trained have. Aaron Aaron trained Randy. No, I knew they knew each other through that. He probably knows Rob um, Rob McKeeman as well. Yeah. Did you Did you go over to the? I did. Uh, I saw games? Rob. He looked at me. He kind of looked at me strange, and he went, "Ow!" Like, hey, I, I know seen, you. Seen you in forever. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't been around. That's so funny. for for those. Who, you know, not that anyone actually cares that's listening to a bourbon podcast. I used to sure. run a fitness website called The Fit United. Yeah, you don't run that anymore, right? Um, I still own it. I just haven't done, done anything, anything with, with it. it. Yeah. Um, I you used I, to keep the industry up to date with the latest happenings more in Ohio, right? Locally. More in Ohio part. and then the states like the, you know, whatever that coast is of the state that touches Ohio. So like southern Michigan, sure, sure. you know, um, western yeah. Pennsylvania. Ohio River-ish type stuff. Yeah, and I would... And I posted, I kept all the events up to date, like all the competitions going on around, would post, you know, different articles or different things or my opinions of different things on, on CrossFit. And when the Cambridge Analytica thing happened, I, uh, I basically, the, the whole premise was, was 
on Facebook. So Facebook yeah. supplied all of those events, and when when that Cambridge Analytica thing happened, and, they, and Facebook locked down everything, I couldn't I couldn't post shows anymore, or not shows, sh- couldn't post events. So no, I hear you, and I, I used to I. I would go check anytime I wanted to know what anything was coming up. I would go to your Facebook page and I would find whatever was I was looking for. Well, and that's and it was for it was more for affiliate owners. It wasn't for the athletes. But I, I mean, used but it, it too just to see if there was something I was interested in. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was a good play. It was a good resource. Athletes used it. A lot of athletes used it actually. Yeah. But it was more for affiliate owners so that when they were they could planning help schedule their own things, they could yeah. schedule the things so they weren't scheduling no over each other. Yeah. Because um, that creates all kinds of issues when in. You know, if, if two gyms in Columbus are having an event on the same day, then people got to figure out, you know, where they're going to split their time or how they're going to get here or how they're going to get there. But with that site, it allowed them to just be able to look at it and go, oh, I shouldn't plan on this week. Or yeah. even one, someone got a hold of me because of um, high school graduation. Like they knew when high school graduation was going to be, so they didn't want to schedule an event on that weekend for high school graduation. So it, it worked out fantastically and then it kind of all just died when uh all the profile stuff got locked down <laughs> so what what would you say like a uh, kind of temperature on i don't feel like there's nearly enough uh, as many crossfit events nowadays so like a site like yours may not be as necessary right. anymore and so and i think that's probably a contributor i'm assuming for you as well that is and mo and i've actually had that conversation um where i've said you know i don't think there's as many crossfit competitions well, going there used on to be now. three and four a weekend sometimes oh, around, yeah. the, it was around the state you'd have up to I've, i think i had up to like 10 yeah. listed on the calendar for a day it was and I'm like it's just it's not some were little some were big some were just kind well, of you know city related but they but there were a lot there were a weekend. lot every weekend it was it was everywhere and then all of a sudden it just kind of died off and i tried to convert the site i had i was working with a couple developers um that I work with and some that were, I was in contact with to develop a ticketing site, yeah. kind of like Eventbrite. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to do... That's a good idea. I was going to do this ticketing event site so that, you know, anybody could sell tickets to a CrossFit event or fitness event. It didn't even necessarily have to be CrossFit. But, yeah. But to, a, to an event and can't manage all of that right through the website. Like, all the payment stuff, everything would just be taken care of there. Yeah. And then they didn't have to worry. That was like one less thing that For an to owner had about. to worry yeah. about. And then the goal was to eventually get into leaderboarding and into um, maybe live streaming at some point. But it was, that was like the jump off. And every, like, I don't have any money to start to, to donate essentially to anybody developer-wise to, sure. to pay for it. <laughs> it was, I know. <laughs> uh, it was more of a, this is Passion the thing I have. kind of thing. Well, I had people lined up ready to use it. Like, yeah. I had talked about it. So it was probably going to have to be a you'll get paid out on the back end type you'll of thing. You'll get paid, yeah. Do the work up front. I can almost guarantee because I have, I have... Too bad it's not now. I've got a couple of guys who are looking to come up with apps and development stuff right now. If I'll tell you what. My, my lease on the Fit United ends in October. Yeah. Between now and October, if I could get something up and running on that, I would probably do it again, like to get the ticketing portion done and then to get the, the leaderboarding and that stuff done. to see what happens. To see what happens. But I literally at this point don't have any money to put into it. Yeah. It all has to well, function and then get people to use it to pay off the back end. So it's kind of work for free, see what happens, and then, which is work that I do all the time. Like I do stuff for free all the time. Yeah, sure. Just because I want to have that relationship of putting in the work so they know that I'm doing the work. And right. some people will be like, well, that's stupid. Well, 
Sometimes you have to do work. Well, I mean, your Buckhorn podcast you're doing for free, right? We're doing for free, but guess what that's led me to? Yeah, exactly. That's led me actually to, I'm in the process of a project with a brewery right now. Oh, awesome. So we're doing a podcast with a brewery that um, we're going to talk about the beer industry. We're going to talk about what what owning a brewery is like. You can mention them if you want to. I don't want to yet. Okay. Not yet. We're we're, we're not there yet. Keep the cat in the bag. Keep the cat in the bag. Um, But we're working, I'm working like... How to how to brew beer? What brewing beer is like on a daily basis? Oh, owning, that's cool. Owning a brewery. So is that going to be like a portion of your podcast? Like Not a, mine. It'll it'll be a, its own separate podcast. Well, oh, so it's it's a podcast you're going to help them run. Um, yeah, it's it's the. Are you going to be a guest or just help? I'll them be on it? there constantly. Okay, cool. It, it, it's the it's three. If that happens. Three let hosts. me know, and I'll post yeah. it on. I'll post because a lot of the bourbon people like them some IPAs and oh, beers yeah, and stuff, absolutely. craft beers and stuff. So let me know. I'll announce it on my page too. Yeah, I'll, so. I'll let you know. We've we've already covered um, like one of the things that this brewery has for them is they have a barrel aging program. Oh, they've got twelve barrels sitting in their showroom right, right now. now. Yeah, that's cool. It's huge. That's and real cool. They have the funds that they can just go and and have these these barrels shipped from Kentucky or or Virginia or wherever they need them. Yeah, and they can get them in. They load them up with, and they're doing like crazy shit with. They're not just putting. Okay, we're just putting a Russian. You know, an imperial stout in here, yeah, or a Russian stout, or or whatever it is, they're taking like they have a mint chocolate chip beer. Oh. They put it in a now heaven that's hill. I can get behind. Oh, it, it it that beer is fantastic by itself, but they have they put that in a heaven hill weeded uh, barrel, and oh my god, it tasted like a thin mint. It was crazy. That I mean, I it mean, sounds it, good. I w- I'm not so. If you don't know anything about me, I'm not a big chocolate and mint fan combination wise. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm interested in things like that. That actually piques my interest big time. And it was it, it's it's amazing. Like I went, they invited me over to do uh, the tasting. Like it's How the six it? month tasting before the eight month period. Has like, that happened yet, or is that yeah, about that is, to happen? Uh, that's our the the tasting's already happened, and we're actually we've recorded two shows around barrel aging. Oh, How was it? How was oh, the, it? Was so good. Yeah. It was. It is not carbonated, so it's completely oh, different than. So, oh shit! So, I, let's take a trip back in the way back machine. So, I used to be a bartender in England. I don't know if you know that or not. I mm-hmm. lived in England for um, well, six months. One of the owners used to. He went to. Um, he went to school in Scotland. Yeah. And went to school for um, Scotch. Yeah. And the whole like the whole that whole Scotch process went through tasting classes and everything and he's so like him and I will go back and forth on different things. That's cool. So when I was in England we did uh, a lot of England's or beer in England as a bartender they have local what they call local bitters. Okay. And so you would have basically just a keg or mini keg or whatever sitting in the back turned on its side you'd crack it open throw in a spout with a turn, you know, like you could turn it on and off and you would just pour your bitter straight out of that. Oh, okay. And so someone would say, oh, I'll take a pint of the local bitter. You know, that's how they right. do whatever. And uh, and I don't know if you know, like English, like they'll do what they call shandies. We have mm-hmm. them here. We have them here. I'm not a big fan of those. Well, and it, the what, what they would do is it was a way to cut down their beers because they had a little bit higher alcohol percentage. So they would go for lunch and they'd have, you know, two shandies that could give them a little bit of a full feeling instead of two beers. Yeah. So they'd basically have one beer. Um, Which seems to be, for whatever reason, is frowned upon in the U.S., like going yeah, out and having a beer at lunch. It is interesting. Which I don't understand. On, I've, been, I've been out with some companies, I, so I travel for work a lot, and uh, we'll go out for lunch, and they'll have beer. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, not to throw them out, but I used to go to MetLife all the time. They were a customer, and the group I would go there with, I'm not going to call out any names, but they'd have two or three beers, and now they're Bud Lights and stuff like that. But, you know, and then we'd go back and finish the day. Yeah, and, what, like, when I worked for Nationwide, they had a two-beer policy. Yeah. Now, the policy just read two beers. So people were going out and getting, like, 16-ounce they were drinking 16-ounce beers Loophole. for their, their two-beer policy. <laughs> they, they since changed it to basically a, you know, a 12-ounce policy, a pint, or, or not a pint, That's but funny. a 12-ounce policy or, or whatever. <laughs> Two to, tall boys. Yeah. That's funny. And, but the company I work for now, if you go out at lunch for like a, a work event and you have a beer, you're not allowed back in the office. I mean, I get that if you're operating something. If you're a pilot or if you're a doctor yeah. or stuff, you know, something that requires motor skills to be proficient at what you do, I get it. But if all you're doing is talking on a phone, sitting behind a computer, sitting behind a computer, doing some web code. It? I mean, if you're not getting drunk and you're being responsible, and that, I think that's the difference in culture between here and other places is other places, they go out and they have a beer. It's yeah. like me having a Coke or a Diet Coke or a, they have a beer. What's well, socially acceptable? They're not having six, they're having a beer. Yeah. And that's why they have shandies. And, and shandy over there, they use what they call lemonade, which is a carbonated lemon drink. Okay. Kind of like 7-Up or Sprite without the lime. It's like, a, it's like a lemon-flavored soda that they would use to cut down their beer. And that would give it a little bit of, because it's now half and half, right. it would give it a little bit of carbonation into their you know, flat beer. And and I, say, most of the, it was I don't, don't want to say most of the beer, because I've never been to the UK. Um, but they, they primarily, do they have flat beer over there? It's not carbonated, right? Well, it just depends. So, like, if it's out of a keg, it's carbonated. Okay. Because it's a CO2 pump, you know, feeding it. Okay. Um, but if it's out of a keg like that, which a decent amount of their local beers are, they just pour it straight out of the keg. Okay. So like, and when I say keg, I mean a barrel. You, a barrel, A yeah. barrel keg. Not a, not a metal keg that sits there with the CO2 pump. It actually sits turned over on its side old school bourbon style in a bar and they just tap it with a with a spout and turn the spout whenever they're going to pour the right. beer right um so it's not coming through a tap system it's coming from a spout directly tied into the bur to the barrel which is really cool it actually adds you can get some particulates in your you know in your beer it just adds to the experience yeah and it adds a little bit of a barrel aged kind of uh, uh flavor to it now some of them are actually with a bladder um, it just depends on the bourbon, but some or the the beer. Some of them have a bladder, um, so you're not actually getting into that barrel taste. Okay, but whatever. So the guy that I used to, I, I so I was originally supposed to go there through Deloitte, and uh, my internship fell through because it was at the time when Deloitte was separating their the, the top five accounting firms had to separate their consulting and their accounting into separate companies. Okay, so now there's Deloitte Consulting and then Deloitte Accounting. Um, well, my internship was made from the accounting side, but I was in computer science, so it was technically on the consulting side. Right. And so, like two weeks before I was supposed to leave, the guy calls me that set it up and said, hey, good news and bad news. Bad news is the uh, internship fell through. I'm like, well, what the hell is the good news? He goes, well, you already have your airline ticket. Go on over to England. Spend a, spend a month over there. Spend three months over there, whatever. I was like, shit, yeah, good idea. So was it paid for by them at that point? The airline ticket was. Okay. So then once I landed, I had, before I left, I had to get a blue card. Originally, I didn't have to do that because I was working for a company that had an American address so right. I could get my paychecks from America. But now I'm going over there to work. I had to get a blue card, which is equivalent to a green card here. So I went through a company called BUNAC, which was British University North American Colleges or North American Coalition or something. I don't know. They got me the blue card. It gave me a six-month working window that I could go over there and work. Okay. 
And so I went over there, and I they also had offices over there you could go to, and, and they would set you up with a whole bunch of jobs. You could go interview and, and get a job there. So I landed in London, spent a couple of days there, walked around, and then um, called Bunak, and uh, they're like, yeah, we've got a place down in the southwest in the county of Devon, which is the second to last county in England, southwest-wise. The next one is like Cornwall or something like that. And uh, it's near Plymouth, actually. Okay. Plymouth, where the Plymouth, uh, the Mayflower took off from. Yeah. And so I was about an hour bus ride from Plymouth. Um, and it was in a little sailing community called Salcom. Just about a stone's throw from that was a, an old Navy barracks that was converted into a bed and breakfast called Gara Rock. And they needed their, um, they needed their inventory system set up to be converted from ledger style to... Um, computerized yeah so i went and designed and built their database um converted all their stuff over to a computer system and that was what i did during the day from like 9 a.m to like 3 p.m and then from i'd have two or three days or two or three hours off and at six until close i was a bartender oh nice so it was really fun the cool thing that was i thought the, the best thing about being over there was that um i didn't they didn't tip you traditionally like we think of here. They tipped you with end one for yourself. Yeah. So at the end of the freaking trip, I had so many drinks. So like I would get two days off in a row, but they'd be in the middle of the week. And over there, they'd take a month off and they would spend the month there. So I got to know these people. And by the end, like all my days off, they're like, hey, you need to come back and hang out with us tonight. So all my days off, I would sit there and get plastered with them on the on the tips that I got because <laughs> they would basically the tips were drinks. You weren't allowed to take the money. Yeah, you just accumulate. Yeah, tips you put it into the till and they would drinks. pay double the amount. And so I would, you kept a, basically a ledger of all the of all the tips you got, and so you just get plastered and you still wouldn't get through all the drinks. And so like by the time I left, I had probably fifty drinks still that I could have you know gotten plastered with, and I just. I didn't. I could never keep up. You should try to go back and see if you can catch this. <laughs> right. <laughs> They've changed management now. I've actually followed up on that. Not on the drinking part of it, but just to you know but see on the where they're at. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was a. I, that was one of the best things I've ever done. I met one of my better friends over there. We stay in touch. He lives in uh, Bolton, England, and um, you know we don't t- stay in touch as much as I'd like to because we're a few hours apart. But, right. But I reach out to him every so often. Um, but that was fun. That was exciting. Like. All I had to do was pour beer for the most part for us for yeah, six that, months. How hard is it? I mean, really, is how hard is it to pour beer? I mean, it really isn't. If you, I, I mean, I watched. I've I've seen a couple bartenders like pour beer, and you just. I don't, I don't mind a little bit of head right. on a beer, but holy shit, some of this oh, stuff yeah. has been. Well, absurd. so you tilted it first, and, and you started off slow, and then you lift it up, and then it gets you. You know, a little bit of head at the yeah. top is great. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. But some of the stuff I've seen. Oh, it's ridiculous. Some and people I just don't know how to pour a beer. Right. And but back to like this, the 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 brewery that I'm, I I, I tell people I'm working for them. Yeah. Like I'm not working for them. I'm not employed like by consulting them. Consulting kind of thing. Yeah. And like I I we're it's all my equipment. Like I'm taking everything I own over, take my laptop, my 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 converter, uh, four microphones, and we just sit in one of their rooms and just talk. ramble and talk. Yeah. I mean, and then you come up with something afterwards. Yeah. How, how long? What's the format going to be for that? If you, um, you uh, so they want to do, uh, well, they're 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 at a crossroads right now. The one host wants to do a longer, longer than thirty minutes. And the other host wants to do 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. So we're trying to meet that middle ground of about 40 minutes. Yeah. 
um, to make it somewhat longer. He, he wants to keep it within commute. Well, you got to keep him engaged. And yeah, commute right. time is a good time. A lot of the podcasts I listen to, I'll listen to in the car, and it'll take me two or three listens because my commute's in town. Right. And, and a lot of people don't have the opportunity. They can't just sit and listen at their desk. Whether, like, I yeah. can sit at my desk for eight hours, eight and a half, nine hours, whatever is in there. Sure. And I can just rattle off podcasts. Like, I can listen to a, you know, a full Rogan podcast at five hours and then still pick up two more, three more shows yeah. in that day. So he wants to keep it at, you know, there. So we're trying to keep it around 40 minutes. If we go longer, we go longer. It's, but after having some conversation, it's the one, the one guy wants to go more free form, kind of like we do with Buckhorn, where it's just like, okay, here's the topic for the day. Yeah. Let's see where it goes, where, you know, on the other show, yeah. I don't, we don't have a topic, but it, we're, we're hit that topic and see how long, you know, how we can get through it, what right. happens, because the one guy's going to ramble and the other guy is more, he's more interview centric. Well, so. I, we're, we're kind of the same. You've listened to some of mine. Oh, yeah. We're kind of the same. We have an idea, and it's based around more what bourbon are we opening that day. And then if there's something topical that's happening, we'll talk about that. Like one episode, we talked about Michigan State and you know their coach leaving for football yeah. and uh, different things like that. But same thing. I think any of the podcasts that I'm completely interested in, they're informative, but they're more just you're getting to know people. Right. And, I mean, the, the whole point of the Buckhorn podcast is we are – we're background noise. We're you want to you want to listen to the show, listen to the show. If you just need something on in the background just to yeah. kind of break up the silence, that is the whole point of this show. I, I like listening to your guys' show. I mean, I it's the only show that I listen to that's not specifically topical about something. Oh no, it's you the topic's I mean? going to change daily. Now, granted, you do have some recurring things like bourbon and alcohol of some yeah. sort, or, I mean, or that food was, or something, but. But for the most part, it's just you guys talk about so many things. It's just you don't know what you're going to get. No. And we, I mean, for that show, we're, we're here and then we're way over there and then we're doing this and we're, we're off talking about Florida Man. And then we talk about, you know, a bag of cats and whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And the whole bourbon review stuff just kind of came about on happenstance. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I'm like, well, I told and I told Randy, I'm like, we're going to drink on this show. Like, yeah. It was never an intention to give a review on what we were drinking, but it just kind of yeah. it, it turned into that. Well, it's like Aaron's show, the Kamiwaza. They yeah. they were drinking bourbon, and as the show progressed, it was getting better and better. Like yeah. it was kind of stiff at the beginning, and then at a half hour in, it started loosening up, and it was yeah, always it's, good. It's it's, it's and I'm, I'm waiting for them to come back. I mean, yeah, they're on a break. They're they're on a long break. They were on a break. So, but yeah, it's it's just like both shows are are are, are centered around spirits and alcohol but the one is going to be more it'll probably end up being more informative in an informal informal way yeah that's that's the goal like no it sounds like it, it needs to be probably for them because they're a, a product and a, and a location right, and it, it needs it, to be a little more but the, it could be fun but it needs to at least have some information upcoming events things like that at least covered yeah and that's the other thing the the show is not named after the brewery so it oh, there okay. is not really there's an affiliation there because we'll talk about but the not brewery. Not an official tie-in necessarily. There's not a, yeah, there's not an official tie-in huh. to X Brewery podcast. Gotcha. Um, but so it's it's been fun. It's 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 been we've recorded five shows, and these guys, the knowledge for that they have in just beer and brewing is through the roof. That see that stuff is exciting to me. Uh, I know I listened to another one called The Bourbon Road, mm-hmm. and it's newer. They're at about forty some episodes now. Uh, but they bring on some of the best people. Like, they've had some great distillers and, and brewmasters and, and uh, you know, tasters from these different places. 
And that information is outstanding. I love it. Yeah, and that's our plan. Like, our plan is to bring people in from the brewing industry for the show that, that know about the brewing process from, uh, you know, other head brewers from other, from other breweries. We're actually going to pull in uh, a convenience store owner. Oh, so he's, for what reason? Because he, his Sounds knowledge of beer uh, is okay. outstanding. That's and cool. his store, both of his stores that he owns have two, two aisles of nothing but craft beer. Oh, that's And nice. then he's got an entire uh, cooler case dedicated to, craft, to cold craft beer. So we're pulling this That's guy. That's a good in. idea. Yeah, I mean, just to get his side of things and how and how things are going to work, uh, and how things work for him outside of the brewing industry, but but peddling beer. I mean, so that's uh, you know one of the things that we're trying to struggle with is we want to go to Middle West Spirits, do a tour, do a, uh, an episode there. I want to do one with a barrel pick. I want to bring in people. We're trying to go to bars, bring in owners of bars and things like that about hunting for bourbon. You yeah. know, like how hard is it for you guys to get your bourbon? Things like that. Um, but I don't want it to be completely about just hunting for bourbon because that can get old. Um, so that's why we talk about things like today. Right. Totally enjoyed so far having you guys, having you on the podcast. I'd love to have one with you and Randy. We don't need Randy. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're listening now, Randy, uh, he's, he's just joking. Uh, so Am we're I at an though? hour and six minutes in so far. I'd like you to be able to kind of give us a, a little feedback. Um, so you have the Buckhorn podcast available where? It's available on, on all your major platforms. iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Yep. Um, okay. And if you just Google it, it'll come up. Sure. I mean, we've been around now, for do two you have years now. a website now. or anything? We don't. Uh, we fine. just yeah. use the, the, the Podbean website um, because... It has the, a little site built into it. It's, it has a little site yeah. built into it, but the, the, the reality is... I've invested money into this. Like we're not investing money into it because we're not getting money out of it. Yeah. So we're just doing it for fun. Like I bought the stuff because I wanted to do it, yeah. and it's fun to do. Like it's fun to just sit and talk and yell at Randy, and then he's like, oh, and then and then we drink <laughs> and talk some more. So personally, I mean, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all that stuff. Personally, you can you can on I, I'm primarily on Instagram at this point, um, but you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Martell M A R T E L L E. Cool. Um, if you send me a friend request on Facebook, you may just kind of sit in purgatory for a while because um, <laughs> I don't get on Facebook that often. Yeah, it's not that exciting um, anymore. But I do have a shout out for, for Tyler. How do you not know who the bur- the, the Buckhorn Podcast is, bro? Yeah, like, I hear you, man. I mean, I don't. We only have any forty three. We have we have forty three listeners. How do you not know who we are? Right. He's the f- the funny thing about him is he's into this podcasting. He's never available for it. And I don't think he listens to any podcast, but he wants to do a podcast. <laughs> but he wants to do it. So That's awesome. Right, so this weekend, he's actually skiing right now in Holiday Valley up in, uh, what is it, Pennsylvania? Yeah. And uh, he, so he was going to be here to do this. I've got extra equipment now. I've got four headsets instead of two now. I mean, if you listen to my last episode, well, two episodes ago, if you're hearing this one, um, we had three people on, and I'm using the, the boom mic at the end of that thing. <laughs> That's not connected right now, and so like it was a little echoey, and now we've got it set up to where we can do multiple yeah. guests. I'm but just giving you shit, Tyler. No, I don't no, care. No, don't tell him that. Oh, okay. Screw you, Tyler. Yeah. You should know who we are because we're doing all the we're doing all the bourbon reviews. The best thing is I don't think he's listened to a single episode of this, but his wife listens. That's awesome. So it's kind of funny. So we'll give a shout out to Jillian right now, his wife. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's have you back on the show. Oh uh, yeah, I'm definitely down for doing. It. I mean, all right, let's get Randy on here too. We'll do it at the we'll do it at the gym, so it's can, a little less noisy. It may not can, be depending on when we do it. Uh, we can do it wherever. I mean, we can try to get Mo on too. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do all five of us. Yeah, four of us. <laughs> Mo's giving us the uh, the confused eye. 
Awesome. All right. Well, hey, thanks again for uh, coming out. And uh, look for the Buckhorn Podcast. If you just want a great laid-back podcast that's almost like the Seinfeld of podcasts. It, it basically, that's what it's been equated. We've, we've, been, uh, we've been called the Seinfeld of podcasts because there's no structure to it. But it's so there. fun to listen to. It really is. There's a lot of cussing. Yeah, there from is. From me. I mean, I cuss a little bit on this. It's not, over, it's not overboard, but it's, there's definitely some cussing. Yeah, if you want to go ahead and have a really fun drinking game, go find our episode, um, Low Blows, Lowe's Blows, Download Our Shows, that episode. That is our most downloaded episode. Okay. But I think I dropped the F-bomb about 275 times in that show. All right. So, so maybe every time I drop an we'll F-bomb, take a, a shot. Maybe... Maybe we record two podcasts, <laughs> one first with you and Randy, and then we we kind of have that playing in the background on the second episode. We'll record them both at the same time. And just take a shot And every just time. take a shot, or maybe it's just a shot of beer. If it's really 275 times, I don't want to die. It may have to be water. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have that playing in the background. Every time we hear an F-bomb dropped, we'll just uh, do a quick shot of something. Shot. Oh shit! That that sounds funny. It's, it's yeah. It's someone someone tried to turn our, our show into a drinking game. One of our listeners is like, "I'm going to turn your show into They're a drinking gonna die. game." I'm like, "You're going to die, right?" He's you're like, "Going to die, clown." He's like, "I'm fine." <laughs> so all right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining in, and uh, you can find us as uh, well. You've already found us if you're listening, so yeah. I'm not going to worry about where you can find us. But uh, also check us out on Instagram. We are the Bourbon Hunters on Instagram, and we have a website that is I think the bourbonhunters.com or bourbonhunters.com. It's one of the two. Uh, we're going to be coming out with some uh, apparel soon, some T-shirts. We also have some Glen Cairns coming on the way, so keep out an eye out for some uh, giveaways on Instagram for some Glen Cairns uh, with our logo on it. Hey, give me one of those. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Hey. Thank you for joining in for another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review at any of the sites where you're listening to the podcast. Also, find us on Instagram and Facebook. And when you do, join in to the conversations, post your pics of your daily drinkers, and then let us know how you feel about any of the pours that you're having. <laughs>